Hi guys, welcome to the new podcast about Team Meli and Asian Cup 2015. I'm your host, Pejman Pars, and with us we have our guest, Baba Kolviz, Sina Saiman, and also our special guest from Iraq, uh, Mustafa Shakir. Welcome, guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Good uh, to be here, Pejman. Yeah. Our usual host, uh, Pasha Hajjan, has done a great work, but unfortunately he can't join us today, but I'm sure he will do it in the future. Uh, okay, guys, we have some discussion issues to talk about in this game, about the, the game against Iraq. Uh, first of all, uh, before we do that, let's talk about the game against UAE. Uh, Bobak, you being the special about the Middle Eastern football, living in Dubai, uh, tell us a little bit of how you think the UAE performed and how Iran responded to that. Uh, I think that uh, UAE and Marathi football has improved a lot over the last five, six years, and that's largely been because of the generation of footballers that have come through from under 18 level under the same manager Mahdi Ali and uh, they've graduated through the ranks and eventually they reached uh, the Olympics and from there to the senior side so expectations were quite high and I think uh, in the UAE especially after their first two games they were optimistic that they would at least get the draw against us and uh, go through as group winners so uh, in that sense uh, we knew we were going to have a tough opponent uh, should I talk a little bit about the game as well, or shall we leave that to uh, later? No, please talk about the game and how you see the our barely win against UAE in the goal in the 91st minute. How did you uh, like the starting 11, making four changes from the uh, Qatar game? Starting 11, I thought it was a little bit gutsy and risky by Kirosh. Uh, very unexpected, but he's completely done a 180 compared to his usual style. We used to say he's very loyal to the set of players he had, but during this tournament, he's already given debuts to poor Ali Ganji. Uh, he's put Kafuri straight in. He's given Azmoun a starting lineup uh, position twice in a row. And now in the last game, Suresh Rafi started. Uh, uh, Khosro Heyderi came back into the lineup, as we know, and uh, Ali Reza Jahanbakhsh finally got his start, although I think he was the biggest loser of that sort of style because he really could not get involved in the game that much. And he had a, he had a header in the first half, but uh, other than that, generally speaking, he was a little bit lost and I felt sorry for him. It reminded me a little bit of Karim Ansari Fad against Iraq in the friendly game. He was a little bit unsure what he had to do, and uh, our style of football doesn't really benefit uh, him, uh, didn't benefit uh, Jahan Bakhsh either. So overall, I thought we started quite slow. We were happy to give them the ball, but we really gave them a little bit too much respect in a way. And at the same time, we were way too conservative. Uh, we had 20% possession in the first half, which is really unacceptable in my opinion. We did get the result, but I really think it was... Uh, coincidental that we didn't have any chances until the last few minutes and uh, we were a little bit lucky and again off a set piece we scored the goal but uh, I was quite disappointed with the performance in the sense that there was no urgency we were the team that needed to win but we were never really looking like we wanted to win the game and uh, they were happy enough to keep possession and they slowed down the tempo but uh, honestly speaking I don't know if he got his tactics right uh, so to speak, because off the counter-attacks, we were really not fluid. We didn't uh, build up play well. Uh, the pa we, we, we would 
get the ball in defense. Our defense was fantastic again. Our defensive midfielders as well. But we couldn't transition into attack because of uh, either going too direct too quickly or the passes and the build-up were not working. So it is a little bit worrying and it makes me a little bit more cautious going forward. Yeah, uh, thank you. Sina, do you think that we will have uh, a, a different view on Team Mali if we didn't have won that game against UAE with a late score from Kuchanajad? Well, I think certainly in the quarterfinal, we would have had a, a much tougher opponent in Japan, uh, with all the respect that I have for Iraq. Certainly, Japan are, are in my opinion, the best team in, in Asia. And I think it's, uh, it's a great bonus for us now that we've won the game, so we get to play Iraq in the quarterfinal. But in regards to the actual game against UAE, the four changes that we spoke of, it kind of excited me for the game. I was looking forward to seeing them play, especially Rafi'i and Jahanbash. But uh, as we spoke about this uh, a couple of podcasts ago, even if Jahanbash does start, he wouldn't have the freedom uh, to to roam around his position. And he was quite isolated, as as Bobak said. Haydari didn't really support him that much. Every time he got the ball, he was quite outnumbered. But um, I think out of all the four changes, the standout player was Amiri for me. And out of all the three games that we've played in the group stages, this was the first game that you could see us threaten the opposition down the left-hand side. And um, he, his first touch sometimes let him down. But I think going forward, he really um, gave him headaches and provided something different for us uh, compared to the usual um, ja, uh, sorry, Dejaga and Rafuri, who've been uh, combining really well in the past two games. So I thought Amiri did well. Um, but I think the, the way that we played, um, it was it was the kind of style that we had in the World Cup, really ultra defensive, if you like. When we were completely sitting back in on the counter, we had nothing. But UAE, we knew we kind of knew how they play. They play through the middle with Omar Abdurrahman and Omar Abdurrahman as well. And it was really crucial for us to to close all the gaps in midfield, especially in the central positions. And even though they did have 70% possession, they didn't really threaten our goal as much as they would have liked. So maybe that is a positive, but this was a game that we thought and we looked at before beforehand and we thought, you know, we, we have to win this game in order to get top spot, which we did at the end, but it wasn't necessarily a, a style that we were pleased with. We got the win in the 91st minute. As we said, maybe it wasn't undeserved. But, uh, you know, it was a three points that uh, well, that was really crucial for us going further into competition. Yeah, uh, great stuff, guys. Uh, I also agree with uh, Jahan Bakhsh not coming to his right in this kind of uh, tactics and formation that Kairosh is building up now. Uh, but I'm sure or at least hopeful that uh, he will continue to progress in Europe or maybe move to a better uh, team or maybe advance with Nekhreim again to... Uh, the Jupiter League in Holland and play against stronger opponents uh, and hopefully Kairos can find him uh, a role that's, that suits him in a national team uh, and also we, we should not forget that uh, Jahan Bakhsh uh, really wanted to prove himself just as Kuchanejad uh, wanted to prove himself against Qatar, uh, Qatar making some, uh, some errors and having a, a hard time on the right side but let's go to our games against our game against uh, Iraq. Uh, and before we do that, uh, Mustafa Shakir, you've seen all three Iraq games in Group D, uh, with two wins against uh, Jordan and um, Palestine, uh, and a narrow loss against uh, Japan. Uh, please walk us through how was the Iraq's uh, group stage games. 
Um, thank you again for having me, Pejman. Um, before we came into this tournament, uh, we had a we had a set idea of what was going to happen. Um, our groups weren't um, as closely competed as the other groups. Uh, we knew what we had to do. We knew that the first game against Jordan, uh, the winner of that game would then qualify um, as the runner-up of that group. Um, we had we had a, we had an idea of sort of what was going to happen, and our record against Jordan is generally quite good. So going in, into that game, uh, we knew that Ray Wilkins was obviously taking charge of Jordan and they haven't won a game in, in around nine friendlies that they've taken part in. So we had our hopes up. We thought that if we could get a win in, in the first game against Jordan, then it's sort of 70-80% through, through to the quarterfinals as, as runners-up. Um, so after, after the 1-0 win against Jordan, which was, which was a difficult win, but I think... Based on based on what we've seen so far from Jordan and Iraq, I think Iraq edged it and deserved that one nil. Um, then then we came up against Japan, which was sort of a damage limitation game. Um, Japan had I think hit the I think Honda himself hit the crossbar three times or hit the post. Um, then we conceded that penalty, so we we knew what we were going into with Japan. Um, but it, it wasn't really bothering us because we know that goal is the head-to-head rule is ahead of goal difference. So based on that, we beat Jordan. It wouldn't matter what we lost to Japan, and then hopefully we beat Palestine, just like the rest of the teams and qualify a second. So the most important game for us was Jordan. Once we won that game, everything else became clear and easy for us. Yes. So, so you could basically say that uh, the win against Jordan in the first uh, at the first uh, group stage game basically made you advance to the second round because we knew what the other uh, results will be, and they also became that way that we fought, right? Yeah. Unlike uh, groups A, B, and C, Group D was um, it unfolded easily. From the first round, we knew who was going to go up. The winner of Iraq and Jordan would proceed with Japan to the quarterfinals. We have currently we have a um, a goal draft and we we're struggling to score a, a lot of goals. So if we drew that game with Jordan um, and then went on to lose to Japan and beat Palestine, we would have probably ended up with third because Jordan are able to score more goals than us, as we saw. They've, okay. they've scored more goals than us, but we came out with a better goal difference. Uh, Iraq is struggling right now in terms of goal scoring, and a 1-0 win was more than enough to take us through to the quarterfinals. Yeah, uh, a lot of people have had high expectations on Ali Adnan, but he's been coming off the bench or really not improving that much in this tournament. Uh, uh, what's, uh, what's the reason behind that? Ever since the Asian Cup qualifier against Saudi Arabia um, in Jeddah, uh, we lost that game 2-1. Ali Adnan was a starter under Hakim Shaka. He, he was one of one of his favorite players, so his his position was sort of guaranteed. Um, the Hakim Shaka was more political than he was a football manager. He had he had clear favorites, and uh, he had set players that he wouldn't replace in the team, no matter how much they formed it. We believe that. Ali Adnan's form dipped since Hakim Shaka's era, uh, and I'm talking after the World Cup qualifiers and and after a few games under Hakim Shaka with the senior team. But he was never going to get dropped under Hakim Shaka. It was only going to be when a new manager would come in and realize that Ali Adnan just isn't up for it anymore. He had uh, he went back to Turkey after the Saudi Arabia game, uh, the one where we lost two one. He was at fault uh, for the first goal. 
and we thought you know it, it happens and we, we, it's not a huge problem even though it was from from our from our point of view it was a mistake that could have been easily been avoided and he needed to be a lot more cautious but it, it wasn't a problem it wasn't the end of the world However, he started dipping in form uh, with Chaiko Rizespor and he was uh, consecutively dropped onto the bench for a few games. Uh, one of them was a cup game, which is quite surprising because he, they tend to play a younger side during cup games. Anyway, after that, he came back for the China qualifier and scored a goal. Uh, we thought Ali Adnan would, would uh, go on to... To be on form after that game, but he's he's just been unstable at the moment. He's put on a few pounds. Um, yeah, he's had yeah. his recent from his recent TV interviews, from his body language and from the way he speaks. Um, it seems like moving on to Europe was a bit too quickly for a young lad like him, and he's just not taking it all too well. He's having problems stabilizing in Turkey. He he, he wants to go home whenever he gets a holiday. He misses his family. I think. The main problem for Ali Adnan is that he moved to Turkey too quickly. It affected him mentally. Yeah, ho yeah hopefully we will see him return uh, to being that good player that we know he is and uh, a future star of uh, Iraqi football and Asian football in, in general. Yeah, um, a lot of potential. A lot of potential for Ali Adnan. Yeah. Guys, now let's go and talk about the quarterfinal against Iraq. Yeah, Iran versus Iraq yeah, happens on Friday. It will be 7.30 uh, Central European time, uh, 6.30 uh, British time, uh, and so on. Uh, Sina, I will start with you. Uh, we have a good track record against uh, Iraq. Uh, we usually win 2-1. That's been the delay the, 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 the most common score the last uh, couple of uh, times that we played against them. Um, do you see any similar similarities between Iraq and our group stage opponents that we can uh, benefit from? Um, I personally think the, the game against Iraq is really difficult for us because um, I think there are some similarities between us and Iraq in the sense in the way we play. I think they play with a real fighting spirit which you know we've been boasting of for a few years now with you know with the way we play which is fighting for every ball for every challenge and I think they play with that mentality as well and the games against Iraq are local derbies and they're always tough whether they're a friendly or a quarter final like this which automatically raises the stakes anyway but um you know we shouldn't underestimate Iraq at all and I know for a fact that Kairush wouldn't uh, we played them in a friendly before the tournament uh, we won 1-0 with um, with our reserve team playing but uh, you know friendlies are friendlies you know you, you should never take a friendly result too serious if you're playing the same team again in the in a tournament i think one thing that is really important for us is um highlighting who the key players are for Iraq and um, the the real star that has uh, come out of Iraq for this tournament has been Yasser Kassim who plays for Sundan Town and he's been a you know he's been a, he's been playing fantastically well every move that they you know that that they make going forward goes through him another one is uh, Dorgam Ismail who has taken Ali Adnan's place at left back uh, he was linked with Persepolis before the tournament and uh, at that time, I said to Mustafa, I spoke to him. I spoke to him about this, and I said that's not the right move for him. And even now, I'm sure that he's he wouldn't even move to Iran with the performances that he's put in. I think he'll get attention from better clubs. But uh, as as Mustafa said himself, the, the the real issue from their point of view is goal scoring. And with uh, Yunus Mahmoud still playing, 
Uh, I don't think he will add anything to the uh, to the team in terms of scoring goals, but uh, he reminds me a little bit of Ali Dai in his later years. That yeah, he, he doesn't he doesn't score the goals that he once used to, but he's you know he he's a leader, he's a figure in that team, and uh, even if you take him out, you will still feel the um, the void that he puts you know that is in the team for a couple of years, and uh, I think a lot of Iraqi fans are kind of against him playing but I think uh, you know I'm not sure if he, if they have the right replacement for him even though Justin Merrim's in there he's, he's scored I think he scored a goal um, in the group stages but yeah we've got to wait and see uh, how they how they line up against Iran yeah exactly and it's, it's really fun to see Swindon Town making a name of themselves in the Asian Cup uh, two players uh, representing uh, their club in Asian Cup and uh, two good players actually. Uh, Bobak, coming to you. Uh, Iraq, as we said, they have a hard time scoring and Younes Mahmoud being uh, playing due to lack of good strikers, maybe we'll say, and lack to growth of uh, uh, good or uh, maybe proper uh, academies in, uh, in um, Iraq and Iran having a solid def- defense. Uh, how likely is it to to see a Iraqi offensive actually being dangerous for our defense and Hadidi in the goal? Uh, I think that uh, the friendly game kind of gives us uh, foreshadows what we're going to see during the quarterfinal. Uh, Iraq had most of the possession. Uh, however, between compared to the rest of our opponents in our group, I feel their build-up play lacks a little bit. They don't, uh, let's say, they don't uh, <coughs> uh, complete the passes or complete the moves the way uh, Qatar, UAE, or even Bahrain did. I feel that they uh, they have they, they face similar problems that we do when we have our build-up play. We give the ball away. There's a lot of turnovers, but they're very threatening at the end of the day because they have pacey players, they have creative players, they have players who can get past defenders. Uh, during the game against, uh, during the friendly before the tournament, uh, Reza Yan was under a lot of pressure at right back in the early uh, parts of the game. The first 15, 20 minutes, uh, the, the the winger was getting past him, and uh, Ali uh, uh, Durgham Ismail uh, looked very good. And we've seen Yasser as well, who we talked about in central midfield, dictating play, and he's very calm and composed on the ball. And they're calling him the Swindon Pirlo, for example. But uh, I feel that uh, we're going to have the same sort of style, the same sort of approach. We're going to sit very deep. They are going to be a little bit more dangerous on set plays than uh, our previous opponents. They may not have the same, uh, let's say, uh, they will give the ball away a lot to us. So we will have much more chances to, let's say, come back at them. I think it's going to be... Difficult game, as uh, Sina said, because uh, they have uh, physical, strong, creative players, probably much more than uh, uh, our previous opponents. And they will definitely have the belief that they can beat us because they have beaten us. It's not that they can. They have done it in the past. So I think it's going to be quite a tough game. And I hope that uh, for our sake, we're a little bit more dangerous in our counterattacks. We need to actually... Um, let's say, be a little bit more fluid. I'm, I'm all for this style of football and I think it's worked and it gets results. But we're depending too much on a little bit of uh, luck and set pieces if we can't counter effectively. That's the biggest problem I have is that when the ball is being released from defense, we're giving it away. We can't afford to do that. We need to get the ball to the winger or someone who's able to drive forward and can somehow send it across to the striker. We're not doing that right now. 
Yeah, thank you. Uh, Mustafa, do you agree with these comments that uh, Iraq uh, have a, a, a very well can give the ball away, but also can be dangerous at times, making it, uh, what would I say, almost like, like a moody team, not really sure what you can expect, especially in this like do or day, do or die kind of game? Um, I think Babak mentioned that uh, we're struggling with our, uh, our build-up plays. Um, I disagree with him. I think our build-up play is non-existent at the moment. Uh, there is no build-up play for Iraq. It's all it's all messy. It's all uh, street football, if uh, if that's how he'd like to say it. But um, at the moment, uh, from the Jordan game up until the Palestine game, it, it, we are seeing an improvement and it is getting better. But the only player that's comfortable on the ball is Yasser Kassim. Um, Saad Abdulamir is uh, just broken into the first team now. He's, we've seen promising signs of him, but it's too sloppy. Our, our main problem is our centre-backs. Um, the establishment of any good team is to have centre-backs that are comfortable on the ball and wing back same position. From the team, he's comfortable on the ball. He does like to hold it, but he's a massive build-back. The two centre-backs, Zanabshak uh, and Ahmed Ibrahim, cannot keep the ball, they can't play with possession and they will be both. If you saw the last game, there was an incident in the first half when we were 1-0 up um, where Saad Abdelhamid lost possession and their striker was 3-1-1 and any other striker would have scored and it, it, it was it was a dangerous chance, it was nervous because at that point if Palestine had advised, you don't know what's going to happen after that. Um, the 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 setup plays from what I've seen since the Jordan game have improved, and um, like you said, Iraq is an unpredictable team. You know, we we could when it comes to big games, we do tend to perform, but we we're extremely inconsistent. Um, we do struggle with build-up plays with average teams. We struggle especially with teams locally, Bahrain, Qatar, Kuwait, UAE. We can't keep up with them, but. When it comes to big games and when it comes to bigger opponents like Iran, Australia, South Korea, Japan, we can perform and we can pull out results. But like Babak said, there's a problem with build-up play and at the moment for Iraq, there is no build-up play. It's non-existent. Uh, yeah, and also uh, I'd like to mention... Uh... Ahmad Yassin playing in the Swedish league for Örebro, uh, a great talent that uh, showed, showed himself pretty well and also scored the last time. He's making a, a fuss of his name here in, uh, here in Sweden. Uh, generally, the, the, the Swedish media have been kind of poor uh, talking about the Asian Cup, but Ahmed Yassin's name uh, comes up every now and then, and hopefully we'll see more coverage in the quarterfinals and the semifinals. Uh, Mustafa, another question for you. Uh, you uh, have you seen uh, uh, Iran's games in the Asian Cup? Uh, yeah, I watched all three of them. Uh, and after seeing these three games, are there any special players uh, or any special thing that you like to point out, making Iran a dangerous opponent? The uh, thing I liked about Iran is, um, although at points they they do struggle to build up uh, plays here and there, but they're a strong team that know how to finish games. That's essential. That's what uh, Iraq needs at the moment. Um, Iran, when it when it gets tough and when when they need the points, they they've gotten them. I mean, against um, Qatar, um, I thought that uh, they were being too cautious due to the. 
um, due, due to the frightening record against Qatar. I mean, Iran are miles ahead of Qatar in terms of football and development and, and players abroad and all that. But uh, it's always nervous when Iran plays Qatar because of recent results. So they, they were cautious, but they know how to finish the games. They were clinical. That's what Iraq is missing. And at the moment, Sardar Azmoun, who's, who didn't feature at the World Cup, I don't think. He, I don't know if he came on. But I know he definitely no. didn't start. Um, at the moment, uh, it was surprising to see Carlos uh, playing him, but he's on fire. You, you, you can't you can't bench him, whatever happens. And I expect him to start against Iraq, and he scored against Iraq in the friendly. But I think the main the main uh, spine of the Iranian team is um, Nikonam and uh, Andran Taimorian. What they've done uh, in the past three group stage games was absolutely unbelievable. Um, I thought they were well well past their prime, but from what I've seen so far, they're carrying the team on their shoulders. Uh, every tackle, every pass, every challenge has been perfect for me. I think the centre backs, um, the centre backs have been solid. Um, not no messing around with the centre backs. Uh, the left back, um, sorry, I forgot his name. Is the one that scored against Bahrain. Um, number three. Uh, yes, Hajsafi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's impressed me quite a bit. Um, I'd like to see more of Dejage, but I'd be happy if Dejage didn't start against Iraq. Um, I think he would. I think he would start him because, from what he's seen from Durham Ismail, he's uh, he's a liability at the back and uh, physically he's not uh, he's not up to standards with Ali Adnan. He's he's weak and he's quick on the ball, but I think Dejage would give him a hard time. So I think he'd probably start with Dejage this time. And with Sardar Azmoun, I'm expecting goals. Yeah, yeah, guys, let's talk about uh, Askan Dejaga. Uh, we talked a lot about Azmoun uh, and uh, how he's an uh, interesting player up front. But Dejaga, especially coming in the last game against the UAE, showed himself why he is one of the best players in Asia, at least in my opinion. Exactly how important is Dejaga for uh, the Iranian natural team? What do you say, Bobak? Oh, I think he's uh, definitely our most important attacking player. Uh, we've always known that technically he's miles ahead of the rest of the players, uh, especially with uh, carrying the ball forward and driving with pace. He's, uh, you wouldn't think he's the fastest player, but he's actually quite fast when he has the ball at his feet. Uh, I think uh, over the first two games, he was our best player, probably on the second game, very close with Taimurian. And the last game, when he came on, you could see the UAE players became a little bit intimidated or they woke up a little bit thinking, okay, this guy can play. We need to watch out a little bit off the counters. And his <coughs> presence on its own is enough to kind of make the opponents uh, take notice. So uh, he's been great with the ball. He's moved forward. He's professional. He knows when to hold it up. He doesn't get rushed. Uh, I really think I agree with you, Fejman. He's one, definitely one of the best players in uh, Asia. And maybe before the tournament, everyone was talking about Jahan Bash, including myself, or uh, as Osmoon. And we didn't give enough respect to Dejaga. Maybe we forgot a little bit because uh, uh, he came for the World Cup qualifiers and we saw the impact he made against Qatar, for example, on his debut. So. Generally speaking, I would say he is our most important attacking player and he definitely carries a reputation, which is also important. Yeah, and, and it's, it's actually lovely to see him play every time he has the ball. Uh, he always have, uh, have uh, an, uh, an idea of going forward all the time, uh, threatening the players. And I also agree with you that as soon as he came into the game against UAE, you were like, Okay, this man deserves our respect. Uh, and after 
after these uh, three games, uh, I'm sure the Raga will, will uh, start again against uh, Iraq. Sina, is there anything you want to add about uh, the importance of uh, the Raga in the national team? I think, team? looking at how the games have uh, have been so far, I think he's the only outlet we have of the year front four, uh, especially with Harsafi playing as well. He's not really a, a winger, so he wouldn't give us much going forward. And same with Masood, you know, Masood's not the same player as uh, he once was, we've, we've highlighted this many times. But uh, Dejaga has been our our only outlet going forward. And I think something that we really missed out is the fact that how how important Kafuri is to Dejaga. You know, he, he gives him support. He, he usually, sometimes Dejaga gets outnumbered, as we saw in the World Cup as well. But he doesn't get outnumbered in this tournament, mostly because Kafuri gets forward really well and he he, he takes... He takes the other defenders with him, overlapping, and he gives Dejaga more freedom, more one-on-one situations, and that's his specialty, really, with Dejaga. You know, give him, give him the ball and let him just take on one player, and he'll go past him. And that's what happened against UAE as well. Of course, Dejaga came in, but at the same time, Kafuri came in as well, uh, and it was them, it was both of them combining going forward, which really. Um, gave us a lot of opportunities going forward in the last 10 minutes. So I think Afuri has been really important down that right, right hand side as well. But yeah, as, as Baba can, as yourself said as well, uh, Dejaga is uh, miles ahead of uh, the rest of our players in terms of technicality and I think in terms of understanding the tactics as well. Yeah, and uh, we have a really interesting uh, right side in the national team. Before going to the starting 11s, uh, I think we really have to talk about uh, poor Ali Ganji. Uh, before the games, uh, a lot of people, most of the people, didn't know about him. Maybe the ones uh, following the, uh, the Iranian uh, league, which is, and he also plays in a team, Nafta Tehran, which basically is never shown on TV unless they play against uh, Paris Police and Estelal. But his team have been doing great and he have been doing great and he also uh, is quite good uh, on his head and he also he likes to come up during corners and, and free kicks and he doesn't seem to be afraid. Uh, have you found our new center back uh, for a long time, him being only 22 years old? Uh, Bobak? I think uh, he's been one of the most exceptional finds and most surprising finds of the whole, let's say, recent era of Carlos Queiroz. Uh, Sina was the one who actually <laughs> kind of pointed out that, you know what, I think Pula Ganji is being called up to be a third centre-back as a, as a replacement for Saadavian Husseini. We never thought he would start, but during that friendly we saw against Iraq, he was not that uh, tested, let's say, but we saw signs that this guy could actually slot in, and Kirosh, if anything, he's got an eye for knowing what every player can do, and uh, over the three games, I think he's been composed, he's been elegant on the ball, he's an aerial threat, He's uh, puts his body on the line, uh, locked a couple of shots, I remember, during the second game, I think. Uh, he's, uh, I'm not still sure about the full long term, it w- a lot will depend on whether, for example, Kirosh continues at the helm, or someone else Uh, yeah, thank you, Babak. I think you got uh, uh, we we lost you there. Uh, Sina, can you yeah, hear me? Yeah, what this uh, tells us. Like add... Yeah, sorry. Okay. 
Sorry, Bob, you got cut off. Uh, uh, please continue. Yeah, I was saying that uh, I don't think any of us expected uh, the amount of youngsters given the chance in the last five, six weeks. And this kind of tells me that if Kairos had a lot of time to prepare through friendly games, we could have seen the introduction of younger players much earlier and even possibly for the World Cup. So we've seen that Kairos, when he spends time with the team, some positive results are very tangible very quickly. Thank you, Bobak. Uh, uh, Sina, you you, lifted up, uh, you, was, you were the one talking about Pulari Janji actually coming in the national team. And now he's been praised and doing a lot of work. And actually, uh, he doesn't know how it feels to let in a goal when he's played in the national teams. All the games, all the, okay, all the four games he's been playing so far uh, have all been wins, 1-0 or 2-0. How important is he for the national team, in your mind? Um, first of all, before we start talking about how important he is, I just wanted to give a, a, a rather special mention to the club that uh, you pointed out, Nafta Tehran. They've been producing a lot of players in the last couple of years. and Ali Ganji is one yeah. of them. Vahida Amiri, who's in this squad, is another one. Bayron Van, the keeper who I see in the next, even though I, I think Hariri is a great keeper, I think given the opportunity in the next three years, Bayron Van will become our no new number one. Our right back Gafuri is another one who is playing for NAFT a few years who and then he transferred to Sepahan last season. <coughs> so they've been producing a lot of players. But when it comes to Purali Ganji, personally, I see him as the natural heir for Nekuna. He plays midfield, he plays defensive midfield for NAFT. He controls the tempo of the game. His passing his, is, is a great. He's 22 years old. So let's just say a 22-year-old midfielder who can slot in at centre-back for his national team and he's had no international experience and he comes into, into this tournament and plays as fantastic as he does. Listen, he, he's got a lot of potential in the long term. But uh, I think I, I would be disappointed if he does carry on as centre-back um, after the tournament. I, I think he would be much better in midfield. Um, he, as I said, he's one of those players that likes to sit and... Uh, get the ball and spread it out and I think once Nekunam leaves there will be a huge gap in midfield and uh, he's the right player for me to to fill in that gap but in terms of um, being a centre-back in, in the tournament I think he's been a fantastic partner to Hosseini um, we mentioned uh, on I think he was on the last podcast or the one before about his passing rate we as you know as a footballing nation, we don't tend to produce ball-playing centre-backs. And we mentioned this a few times as well. Um, Sadari is not much of a, a, a passer of the ball. Hussein is not one either. Montazari is good on the ball, but he was injured before the tournament. So I think putting poor Ali Ganji there, Kairos certainly gave his defence more, uh, let's say... <coughs> playmaking um, opportunities you know that he's, he's more able now to keep the ball in defense rather than just uh, you know clearing it out and his passing rate has been one of the best uh, his passing accuracy has been one of the best out of all of our players in the tournament I think that's one thing to mention as well being 22 years years old he's got about he's he's more pacey than Sadari let's say so if there was any any opportunities uh, during the games that there was there's a ball behind the defence and he needs to chase it. He's got the pace to, to, to catch up with this striker. So I think he, certainly in the tournament he's, he's made a good impression. But as I said personally, having gained the, the experience in the tournament, I want him to, to um, replace Nekunam in the long term in, uh, in that central of midfield. 
Yeah, yeah, I do agree with you. And something positive we can take out of this Asian Cup, no matter how it ends, uh, is that uh, we've seen uh, a lot of youngsters and uh, they can be good for the future. We need a, a generation change, uh, having one of the oldest teams we had also in, in, the, in the World Cup uh, and now before, uh, during our two first games, uh, we also had... Uh, an experienced if we can say team. Um, Mustafa, uh, I'm going to go back uh, to you. Uh, if you will uh, pick uh, pick out any Iraqi player that will be game changing against Iran, who will it be and why? Yeah, the um, what wins you games is is the ability to score. You know, we we concede three goals, but if we score four. Then, then we'd obviously win. And the, the only attacking threat right now that we have is um, American-based Justin Miram. He's been um, he's joined up with the team recently. Uh, there's there's a clear language barrier between him and uh, and the rest of the players. He was a bit isolated, but uh, he could interact with Yasser Kasim and Ahmed Yassin and Osama Rashid because they're European-based and they're they're all fluent in English. So. He's been slowly bonding with the team, um, but uh, Radhi Shneshin has um, talked about him and said that he's he, he's suffering physically. Uh, he's not up to standard with the rest of the team, which I find hard to believe because he, you know, he, he comes from a from a, the MLS, which is a more professional league than the Iraqi league, and um, I find it hard to believe that a player whose uh, season has just finished recently, um, I think they finished it, uh, towards the end of November. Uh, that he'd be out of shape because they they're all, they're all professionals and they keep fit off season, etc. And what, what from what I've seen from their physical exterior, he seems to be doing okay. He he came on against uh, Jordan uh, and we scored through Yasser Kasim. Um, he came on against Japan. Um, he he was the most attacking player that we have. Every time he touched the ball, you, you'd feel that uh, something dangerous was going to happen. He started against Palestine and came off in around the 70th minute. The The problem is that um, Yunus Mahmoud is a strong figure in the team. He's a political figure. And uh, we've known Yunus Mahmoud. He's, he's been with the national team since 2002, I believe. So we've known him for a long time. And we, we know what sort of uh, character he is. Uh, he likes to be in the limelight, he, he likes the attention and um, he, th there have been strikers in the past that have tried to get into the national team but he's um, he's overshadowed them. Anyway, the, the, from in my personal opinion, I think Justin Miram is our most attacking um, threat and uh, I think the Radish Nation will start him because he's realised that uh, from the four forwards that we've picked, uh, Yunus Mahmoud's place is uh, sort of cemented uh, based on um, Based on reputation, based on team leadership, uh, he does contribute in that. But he's he's well he's well past his time. His um, his official age is 31, but uh, it's uh, well known that his passport is forged by five years. So he's uh, hitting 36, 37 years old now. Uh, yeah, he looks a little bit older. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, according to his uh, database, he, he played for Azza, uh, for Atalaba at the age of 14. Atalaba is one of uh, Iraq's strongest clubs, so it's 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 hard to believe, but it is a well-known thing that uh, forging passports is uh, it's not a difficult procedure in Iraq. Um, but Justin Miram, uh, I think, is 
uh, is a game changer, and he'll make a, he'll make a huge difference if he's played alongside Yunus Mahmoud. The 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 good thing about Yunus Mahmoud is that he attracts defenders towards him. The Iranian players know him from his time at Al Gharafa in Qatar. They played Champions League football against him. Um, Sadiqi, the centre-back who played for Sepahan at one point, has played against him. And uh, did he move to Pespolis after that, I think? Estaglal. Yeah. Estaglal, yeah. Um, so Sadiq has played against him, I think, for Sepahan. And he's played against him for, before, obviously, in the previous fixture. So he knows him well. And Yunus Mahmoud will attract centre-backs towards him, which gives other players a chance uh, to, to get on the ball. Uh, that's his yeah. main contribution. But uh, apart from that, I don't think Yunus Mahmoud can do anything in that game. You know, he, he's just a standing figure, a leader. Yeah. Thank you, Mustafa. Guys, we're going to our last uh, question. It will be kind of quickly. Uh, basically, how we think that uh, Iran will play. I mean, not how to play, which players will play. Uh, if I start with myself, then we can go with Bob, I can see now. Uh, I can only see one of the two lineups that was in the first or the second game, meaning that uh, Haj Safi returning, Kafuri returning, uh, Shojai returning uh, to the game, uh, Dejaga of course uh, returning to the game. Uh, I think maybe there are one or two positions who are still not sure or, uh, how it will end. I think that will be Azmoon or Qochan Nejad at the front. Both of them have uh, have scored now. Uh, and uh, I'm sure both of them will get some playtime. The question is who will start uh, and uh, when will the uh, change come, if there will be any change uh, them too. And also uh, Masood Shujai. Yes, we talked about him a lot, but Chaos have great uh, confidence in him and trust him a lot. Uh, will he come off the bench and instead and uh, giving our his place to Heydari? Uh, otherwise, I can't see any changes. Uh, Babak, we we'll start with you. Uh, which lineup do you predict? I think that uh, first of all, the two big winners from the third game in terms of our players uh, were Kafuri. His lack of presence in the first 60 or so minutes was felt. Hey Daddy was not up to the pace. He was skinned once, I remember specifically, it was in the second half. Um, Kafuri and Shojai as well. We've criticized Masoud before, but uh, Suresh Rafi came. It's difficult for a player to function in this current team. The benefit that players like Masoud Shojai, Tejaga, Kuchan Nejad, etc., the benefit that they have is they understand this system and they understand this style. We saw Jahan Baksh come in and it was difficult for him to settle and really make an impact. Surush Rafi, for me, was a passenger for 90 minutes. Bahid uh, Amiri had a decent game at the left wing, but he was the exception rather than the rule. So I feel that Masoud Shojai not playing in the third game actually makes it more likely that he'll play in the next because possibly a poor performance in that third game would have made Kairosh think twice about it. So I think we're going to have uh, this defense lined up the same as it's been in the first two games. Uh, with Tafuri coming back in. Uh, central midfield definitely going to be Teemurian and Nekunam. Hajsabi will come back into the lineup, I'm almost certain. 
I believe that, like you said, one or two positions are under doubt, but uh, I still think Masoud will start, Dejava on the right. And the big question for me, like you, is who will start up front? Is he going to freshen things up and let Gucha Najat start and he's feeling confident and then bring on Azmoun? Or is he going to go vice versa? So that, I think, is the only doubt as of now. Yeah, thank you. Sina, what do you think? Yeah, I think, um, as you both said, this it will the, the lineup will go back to what it was in the first two games. Uh, as Babak said, the, the presence of Kafuri is really important, and of course Dejaga as well. There's no question for me that Hartsafi will return to the lineup. Um, I think if Jahanbakhsh or Rafi'i would have performed much better in the game against UAE, maybe we could have said one of them can feature instead of Masood, but. Uh, considering how they both performed, I, I still think Masood will uh, will start against Iraq. And the big question, as you both said, uh, whether it will be whether Osman will start or Gushanajad. For me personally, I th- I'll go with Osman. He he, of course, he's scored in the tournament. He scored against Iraq uh, before in the friendly before the tournament. So uh, I think he'll he'll start with him. And having seen the contribution that Gushanajad made coming off the bench. I think maybe he'll look at him as, you know, a player that can um, come in. And once we're going all out attack in the latter latter stages, and the ball is a lot more involved in the box, that's when he that's where he comes alive. He's he's a poacher. He's he's one of those strikers that only performs in the in the six yard box. And if if we, you're not really attacking as much, he, he wouldn't necessarily be useful when you're on the ball. Uh, whereas I think Osmund on the ball, he's, he's a lot better. He, he links up well. So I I, I would certainly start with uh, Osmund with Kuchan uh, Najad on the bench. But, um, you know, it depends whether uh, Kerish agrees with me or not. Uh, we'll see if he listens to this podcast. And yes, certainly. <laughs> do we uh, Mustafa, how do you think the game will end, just quickly? Um, the results. I think uh, Iran will uh, will edge it two 0 Thank you. Uh, Bobak, is there anything you wanted to add? Yeah, actually, just a quick point. Uh, a couple of quick points. One of them is about Yunus Mahmoud. His story completely resembles that of Ali Dai. Uh, there was a long time where he was playing probably well past his best, but. Still, he would have a certain reputation, and he would draw defenders to him. And as we used to say back in the day, he was opening up space or the game for other players to come and have an impact. So we really realized what we lost after he left because no one really was able to step in and replace him until arguably got to a point, and now maybe Osmoon, hopefully for the future. That's number one. And number two is uh, Iraq's style of play reminds me of Iran a couple of years ago under Kirosh. We were trying to, because we have a historical, let's say, uh, reputation where we have to be an attacking team and we have to take the game to the opponents, etc., is that they're trying to attack and be dominant figure. They're trying to build up. It's just not working. It's the same thing with Iran. We, we For first... Uh, early part of his reign, we were trying to take the game to Lebanon and sometimes we would have a lot of chances but would not be clinical. It just wasn't working until he realized that and he changed the style of play. I feel Iraq is kind of, it really does remind me their situation and circumstance of Iran and it's going to be a game of very similar, um, let's say, makeup and uh, elements and I think it's going to be quite close. So uh, should I give my prediction as well right now? Uh, you can do that, uh, although I don't know if it will be recorded because I think that the uh, the recorder has Hello? been shut down. 
Uh, yeah, you can do that, Bobak, but uh, I don't know if uh, it will be get recorded because I think that the recorder now have uh, been shut down for some reason. Maybe it's still on. Uh, please give us uh, your short uh, predictions, Bobak, and Sina, and uh, we'll see uh, if it will come on. Okay, uh, well, I think it's going to be a draw, let's say 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, it's difficult to see too many goals, and I'm going to stick with my conservative and pessimistic approach, and I'm going to say Iraq is going to win on penalty kicks. Thank you. And uh, um, I'm gonna go for a one nil, as uh, it's been a really common result on the Cairo. So I'm gonna go for another one nil. Thank you, guys. I also believe in a one zero for Iran. Uh, hopefully, this pod will come up uh, tonight. We'll see if we manage to record it. At least we recorded some of it. Uh, nice to have you on, guys. Bobak Walriz, Sina Simon, and uh, Mustafa Shakir. Uh, you have some great points. Uh, we will add your data and Twitter accounts and whatnot on the uh, SoundCloud page. Have a great day and night, guys, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Okay, thank you, Peshma. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having have us. Thank you, Thank you, Mustafa. Thank you. Okay, guys. Uh, damn, I don't know when or how this this MP3 Skype. Do you know what you should have done? You should have just like stopped it halfway through and check if it's been recording, and then record the second half, and then you can just edit them together afterwards. But yeah, um, well, this this program was so annoying. Uh, listen, guys, I, I will see. Uh, uh, I will uh, see how much it's been recorded. Maybe we lost. Uh, the, the last 10 minutes or something uh, and I'll come back to you okay, okay? Yeah, that's fine okay, okay guys All thank right, you bye, bye. bye.